Timory here. We all love Chris Pratt, but he made some kind of questionable comments about church and the definition and impact it has on his life. Also, Gillette has received major backlash over an ad having to do with men. And a feminist is speaking out against the transgender movement. In fact, she identifies as a lesbian and she's speaking out. Make sure to join me for that and more on Trending this Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on Relevant Radio. This is John Romeri, Director of Music at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are just months away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, but in the meantime, we have some spectacular concerts at Christ Cathedral. Check out our website at ChristCathedralMusic.org or our Facebook page at Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts. Great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org. Join us for Catholic Night at Honda Center on Friday evening, March 22nd, as we watch the Ducks take on the San Jose Sharks at 7 p.m. Your game ticket will include access to the Catholic Trinity Hockey League skills competition following the Ducks game. The first 1,000 tickets purchased through our special offer will include a limited edition Anaheim Ducks Catholic Night hat. To purchase tickets starting at only $29, visit AnaheimDucks.com slash Catholic Night. That's Anaheim ducks.com forward slash catholic night welcome to the orange county catholic radio show on am 1000 in orange and san diego counties and on am 930 in los angeles county each week we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us we're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today are two very special guests who are going to talk to us about a program coming to the, the Diocese of Orange here on the Garden Grove campus about prayer. So with me today is Father Martin Gleason and Mrs. Carol Weiler, and we're going to be talking about Lord Teach Me to Pray. First of all, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for having us on. Wonderful. And I want to let our listening audience know they're not here in California yet. They're coming out in about a week and a half. And when they get here, they're going to be live, but right now they're on on the uh, telephone. So we've got kind of a mixed connection, but we will stumble through. It will be fine. Father, would you do us a favor? Because we could use all the prayers we can get. Would you lead us in a brief word of prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O holy and merciful God, we praise you on this most beautiful day you've given us. We gather here across the many miles uh, in the name of the eternal word, Christ Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit now to guide us during our time together. Let everything that we say and do, all that transpires here this day, uh, let it be in your holy will, O most holy God. Uh, I ask, oh Lord, that you touch the hearts of all those who are listening here today, that they might indeed have their hearts uh, set on fire for the love of Jesus, and uh, come and see what this is all about coming to learn to pray, to come to know and love the Lord like never before. So I bring all of this to you, Father, through the Holy Spirit, in that name that is above all names, the most powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Well, let me go ahead and back up for just a moment. First of all, Father, you are of the Dominican uh, order, is that correct? Yes, that is right. And then, Carol, you're not a Dominican. You're a wife and mother. <laughs> oh, I'm a wife and a mother and a grandmother. <laughs> okay, that is quite an order, both very important vocations. However, um, most of the time, those two vocations run separately. What brings the two of you together to Southern California? Well, what brings us together is the new evangelization. Everybody out there listening, and including myself, has a great desire to know the concrete Jesus, not the abstract idea. We really want to know God so that we can really love him. We want to know all, all of him. And this is experience of Ignatian prayer is exactly what, is, what God has given as the tool, the journey, the vehicle that makes this possible for every soul, every soul, to find joy in God our Savior. It's very exciting. So this is the work of the new evangelization for the laity. And by grace, a gift from God, we have a full-time Catholic priest. There are no better teachers of the faith than Dominicans. So this is a great, great blessing to this ministry. Yes, and so we'll be coming out uh, to California like we do. We've gone all across the country, and we're providing an opportunity for any of the faithful, any of the faithful who really want to get to respond to this call to the new evangelization. You know, the Lord, before he ascended into heaven, said, go out to all the world, right, and tell the good news. And this is a really easy way to evangelize. It's just a day. It's an investment of a day, you might say. And if you come to this, if your listeners come to this day, uh, not only will they sort of learn a bit about Ignatian prayer and this journey of prayer, but they're going to leave not only ready, but I believe sort of enthused, knowing that they have a way to go back to their parish and to ask their pastor if they can start up one of these prayer groups, invite people in to get on this journey. It really is a journey. It's not a prayer technique. It's a true journey into the heart of the Trinity God, coming to really not just know about Jesus. We're not studying Jesus or studying the Bible, but to actually come to know him and love him in the same way that uh, St. Ignatius did. Before we go too f much further into describing the program, let's get some basics out there for a listening audience. This is going to take place here on campus in Garden Grove at Christ Cathedral. What day are we doing this, or what days are we doing this? Okay, we're going to be doing this on Saturday, March 2nd. Okay, that's and coming right around the corner. Right around the corner. Yeah. And we're going to begin, we're going to gather... Uh, at 8.30 up in the Tower of Hope in the Chapel in the Sky. The, if you walk on that campus, it's the, I guess it would be the tallest uh, building, I guess. Yeah, and, when you uh, come on campus, people will recognize it as the big, tall building with a great, big, huge cross on top. Yes, yes, and so that's when we're going to start. We'll start with Holy Mass, and, uh, and then uh, we're going to move into uh, a meeting space down on the, on the ground level, and we're going to be spending the day together. It's very simple. We're just ask people to bring a sack lunch. We don't have a. It's not a big fancy thing. It costs nothing. It's completely free. So we ask people just to bring a sack lunch. We'll be taking a little break for lunch, but it's going to be a very beautiful, grace-filled uh, retreat atmosphere. And during that time, where we're going to be praying, of course, but we're also going to be learning. We're going to be learning 
how Lord Teach Me to Pray works. We're going to give you a beautiful manual that's easy to use. And by the end of the day, everyone there, whether they wish to or not, they, nobody has to commit to anything, but you would be ready to go back to your parish and truly begin to evangelize through prayer. Okay, so this is going to be a hands-on training retreat, so it's kind of a, a train-the-trainer or train-the-facilitator type of, of an event. Do they have to pre-register for this, or is this something that they just drop into, or how does that work? Well, it would be great if they could call the number and let us know they're coming so we have enough material. But everyone's invited to walk in, really, Rick. I know, you know, people have very busy lives, so even at the last minute, if they feel they'd like to come. And one of the unique pieces of Lord Teach Me to Pray is that as facilitators, we're not just presenting material. We are prayers with the group. And so we are growing and going further into our conversion and transformation into the heart of Jesus. And so by the end of the day, it'll be, we'll be done by 4.30 in the afternoon. So we start at 8.30 with Mass, and by 4.30 we're finished. And you're, you're going to encounter something that's going to transform your life. Okay. So let's, let's talk for a moment about the idea of Ignatian prayer. First of all, just I, I realize that a number of people in our listening audience know who Ignatius Loyola is, but a probably equal number do not. So who was Ignatius Loyola, and why do we want to pray like he did? Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful question, Rick. St. Ignatius of Loyola was truly graced by God. I'm sure many people have heard of the spiritual exercises, have heard the name St. Ignatius of Loyola, but they have maybe gone to the bookstore, bought the spiritual exercises, and said, oh, I can't do this, I don't understand it. Well, we have to remember St. Ignatius of Loyola wasn't born a saint. He was a layman. And during this uh, retreat, I'm going to tell the story. It's a beautiful story. But during his younger years, uh, he spent his life in very worldly, power-seeking situations. Well, one day, he was wounded in a battle and ended up back at the castle Loyola. The captive audience for God. He's what I would refer to as a, was a, ca- a cultural Catholic, and God really had him captive there because he would spend a whole year recovering, recuperating at the Catholic And during that time, God did this great conversion within him, and he had the grace from God to actually write down what God was doing in his soul. So this is what we call today the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He, he wrote the journey. He wrote the program. I mean, he, he wrote the steps that God used for him to go into the very heart of Jesus, to be transformed, to be made new in Jesus Christ, new mind, new heart, new desires, and new purpose. So there's, that's why if you buy the spiritual exercises and try to read them and figure them out, nope, can't do that. The intellect can't grasp them. You know why? First, they have to come to the heart. God in his infinite wisdom has it so that we first, we have to first pray and experience it and then we can go back and go, oh, now I understand. How's that sound? That's a great story. So what you're saying is that Loyola was a soldier, kind of a, a um, an average cultural Catholic from 500 years ago, and he yeah. 
he was struck down in battle and took a year to recover. And during that time, God got him. And he was able to then write about his spiritual reflections and the steps that he went through in order to come closer to God. Is that essentially where this goes? Yes, he actually wrote uh, meditations that God brought him through. He, he put down the scriptures that God used. And he's the only saint in the church that's written anything like this. And what he also wrote is what's called St. Ignatius' Rule for Discernment of Spirits, which is in our part three of the series. All day long, we get ideas. Now, how do we know the source of these ideas? And this is the whole purpose of these rules for discernment of spirits. How do I sift out? Is this my desire, my thought? Is this coming from God, from the Holy Spirit? Is it coming from the enemy of human nature? No one in the church, no saint, has ever written the journey or anything comparable to the discernment of spirits, like St. Ignatius was given. So... My understanding is that in a in a full introduction to the Ignatian spiritual life, that's a multi-week, really focused endeavor. What do you do in one day? What oh, what do we do at this one day? At yes. First of all, we tell them the story of St. Ignatius. We tell them the story of how the Lord teaches you to pray for it. And then we show them how to use a simple manual. And we go through what are the guidelines if you really are going to introduce everyone to the authentic Ignatian method for prayer. And uh, so they become familiar with that. Then we are doing some praying and some faith sharing together. And then if they want to, they're free to take home the materials, go back and ask their pastor, can we start a small group for women or can we start a small group for men and really begin this Ignatian journey? The reason this works, Rick, I can hear I can hear uh, sort of your question behind the question, sort of, uh, like, how is it that we can come in there on one day and send people off two by two? We do send them off two by two. And then trust that this is actually, they're going to actually be able to facilitate this, right? And, uh, of course, the real answer to that goes all the way back to St. Ignatius. When you think about this, it was just him. He never, ever referred to a human person as uh, the spiritual director. He would say the one who gives the exercises. Why? Well, because he knew from his actual experience that it was the Holy Spirit who literally took him on this journey. He didn't just kind of show him a technique of how to pray and, you know, the way we pray in Ignatian prayer. He literally took him on this journey of holiness. And so this, the way we approach this is we have a scripted manual. The facilitators learn how to facilitate the group. They're not leaders. They're not teachers. They're not spiritual directors. They're not spiritual gurus. They're prayers. And they take on the role of facilitating, following the script, keeping people on uh, following the guidelines. Father? And what this, it means that the facilitator, the main thing that the facilitator uh, has to realize is it's more about what we don't do than what we do. We essentially protect this space so that the Holy Spirit and the Lord himself can work individually in a group, but individually with each person. You know, Father, we're going to have to take a brief break. When we come okay. back, I want to hear not only more about the, how the facilitator is going to actually accomplish that, I want to hear the story behind the story of you two as well. 
You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Mrs. Carol Weiler, Father Martin Gleason, and we will be right back. This is Lee Sweeney, Executive Director of the Shroud Center of Southern California, and I'd like to invite you to an exciting event coming up Saturday, April 13th at 7 p.m. at Christ Cathedral. We'll be hosting an amazing talk by two of the top world's experts on the Shroud, Father Robert Spitzer and Barry Schwartz. This is going to be an exciting event, talking about the Shroud of Turin. For more information about how to attend this event, go to ShroudCenter.com. That's ShroudCenter.com. We hope to see you there. Underwritten by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange. This is John Romeri, music director at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are one year away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, and we have some spectacular concerts available to you. Check them all out at ChristCathedralMusic.org or on our Facebook page, Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts. Great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org. The passing of a loved one is a difficult and often sorrowful step in life's journey. The helpful and supportive staff at the Cathedral Memorial Garden Cemetery, located on the 34-acre iconic Christ Cathedral campus, are here to assist you and your family through this transition, offering a central location, serene garden-like grounds, majestic fountains, and a dramatic statuary, all set within the beautiful Christ Cathedral campus. For more information, please visit memorialgardens.christcathedralcalifornia.org or contact 714-489-6102. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, and with me today is Mrs. Carol Weiler, who is the director of the series that we're discussing, Lord, Teach Me to Pray, and Father Martin Gleason, who is the spiritual advisor to the series. And this is a training series that's coming to the Diocese of Orange and the day that we're going to be launching this is Saturday, March 2nd. So it's just right here. And then we were talking about how you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a virtuoso. You don't have to be someone who is a fantastic prayer. You have to be willing to come, listen, pray, and then do some leadership, but in tandem with twos. So this is actually something fairly easy to do. At least it sounds that way. Is it? Oh, it's very easy because you know what? The Holy Spirit does this. <laughs> you know, we think, oh, I'm not capable of doing this. But well, we want to invite everyone out there listening to come and just maybe just take it in a little bit, see what you really think. Because we have a radical faith that the Holy Spirit is in control of every soul. So the beauty of it is is that we only have to present, read a few materials, give them the scriptures to take home, and pray on the different Christian virtues in part one, and they pray 15 minutes a day, uh, learning St. Ignatius' different methods for prayer, his contemplation, his meditation, his consciousness examine, doing some journaling, and then coming back every week for 12 weeks and doing what is called faith sharing. And this is a very structured experience, a very safe, a very confidential experience of sharing your journey with God without anyone permitted to comment, to 
to correct the fix. And this is where the Holy Spirit moves powerfully. And this is the authentic, traditional way that Ignatian prayer is experienced. Now, this particular event that's coming up, um, again, that's going to be on March 2nd, if people are interested in just finding out more information about what they're doing, should they come? Or is this something that you, you should probably be pretty sure you want to be involved in, in starting a group at your parish? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say everybody, anybody who just, when they hear this, they have a little inkling that maybe I'd like this or find out, I would like to find out more about it, please come. Please come, because you have to really kind of experience this to see what it is. If you come and you decide you don't want to get involved any further, that's absolutely fine. So we really encourage people to come, and it's free. So if you can, if, if you can come, just invest the day, you might say. Ask the Lord to make the way for you. And some may be listening, and they're thinking, you know, I really want to know God. I'd really like to know Him. Is this really possible? Is, can I have that real personal relationship with Jesus? Come, and you will find out. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about the two of you for just a moment. Father, you're a Dominican, and you are not a Jesuit. How did you get involved with the Ignatian spiritual exercises since they're normally taught by Jesuits, I thought? Well, you know, this, of course, is the spirituality of the Jesuits. You know, this is how they're formed. But, you know, St. Ignatius was a lay person when all of this happened to him. He didn't, they didn't found the order until much later, you know. So that's the first thing. But uh, how did I get involved? Well, I didn't really know what I was getting involved in. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) John and Carol had had approached me, you know, and they they said they really needed, uh, felt like they needed someone as a spiritual advisor to oversee the theology, etc., so after some a little bit of uh, a prayer and discernment on this, I agreed and said yes. You know, I knew nothing, nothing about Ignatian prayer. I was already an ordained priest. I had a prayer life, on and on. So, and I thought, but I can do this. You know, I can do this. Well, down the road, I started little by little. Now, and I was very busy at the time. I shortly after I said yes, I was elected provincial. So you can imagine it was quite busy. But so I. Uh, but I, I did what I was asked to do as the spiritual advisor and started to get a sense of this Ignatian prayer. And I was kind of intrigued. Then I started praying it. And before you know it, I mean, now this is the way I pray for, for years now, years and years. This is how I pray. And the interesting thing is that St. Ignatius had two saints who influenced him greatly, St. Francis and St. Dominic. Isn't that interesting? Those were the two main saints. And then it was Dominican friars who along the way were in Ignatius's life, hmm. helping him, maybe teaching him a little bit here and there, um, giving him a little work in the hospital, and, and of course then put him in prison a couple times as the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's kind of, there's, there's that connection. But the real connection for me and for other Dominicans, see, we Dominicans have within our constitutions, of course, and our way of life, that we spend a certain amount of time every day. We do different kinds of prayer, you know, our office with a rosary, but we have a certain amount of time 
we're instructed to do, as they used to call it, mental prayer, sort of contemplative prayer. But that's as far as it went. It was like there was no, how do you do this, you know? And so St. Ignatius, Carol would refer to him often as the how-to-pray saint. And so through the years since the middle of the 1500s, Dominicans have, as one, you might say, option, they've chosen to pray the Ignatian way. So I'm not alone in this, or I'm not really a pioneer in this. There is a bit of a history there. But the most interesting thing to me, and that's far beyond interesting, the most amazing thing to me, our motto, one of our, you say, mottos that Thomas Aquinas coined was, we contemplate and then we share the fruit of our contemplation, thus the order of preachers, right? So we preach out of our prayer. And I would have to say that when I started praying Ignatian prayer, and to this day, it's amazing the experiences you can have by the grace of God in the Ignatian way of prayer to really encounter the Lord. There's times when you just know, oh my gosh, I really did just encounter him. He was there. And then out of that experience, to be able to preach, it's uh, you feel sometimes like you're blessed in the way like uh, the apostles must have felt. They knew him, right? They they walked with him. They lived with him. And then they were, when they went out, they were preaching about someone they knew. And that's the that is the biggest blessing to me is that so often I feel like I'm preaching. I am preaching about someone that I didn't. I don't just know about him but I know him. And, you know, it's not because I'm a priest that I know him. Anyone who wants to get on this journey, this will happen. Remember, he was a, he was a, a lay person when he had this tremendous uh, conversion of coming to really know the Lord. So if anybody out there is thinking, well, Ignatian is it's just a, a technique of prayer, one way of prayer, it really isn't. I have to tell you, it is a it is the journey of the soul. I want to get into that in, in just a couple of minutes, probably when we come back in our next section. But I want to know, how did you get hooked into this program? Was that Carol's doing? Did she, how did you get involved with Lord Teach Me to Pray? Okay, so one, I had just moved back to New Orleans. I had been at our parish in Miami. I'm in a, the southeastern region of the United States, our province. And, uh, I, I can't remember, I think mutual friends introduced me to John and Carol. And then it was John and Carol together who who kind of, they actually, I, I said, I thought they were being so nice. They had me over and talked with me, asked me questions. And and then events, shortly after a few of those little meetings, then one day they asked me. And I found out later I was actually being auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> And, you know, it's good. I think it's it's great, you know, because John is heavily involved with Lord Teach Me to Pray also. Even, and so uh, the, the three of us are kind of the ones that travel. He'll be at uh, he'll be at Garden Grove, too, at the cathedral, Christ Cathedral. So, But, yes, it's just been a most wonderful thing. And, of course, I have other Dominicans now praying, friars praying Ignatian prayer. I'm a facilitator, too. I mean, I facilitate yeah. priest groups, you know. So. <laughs> and then, Carol couple of minutes then, what got you and your husband involved in this? Well, it's, it's a long story, but I'll briefly just tell you this. You got two it's minutes, after- Carol. It's <laughs> <laughs> a longer story, but that's okay. Longer, well, it actually did start 2001, uh, and it started on September 11th. Impetus of my husband, really. But I'd have to take you way back in that late 70s when uh, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the fourth stage, 
I don't want the two minutes I can't go into the whole, the whole right. story. No. But uh, I just fell into an experience of Ignatian prayer because I was desperate for God. I needed God more than I needed air, really, because we had two little babies and he was dying. Well, to make a long story short, over the next decade, Ignatian prayer became my life. I'm just a wife and a mother, but after falling into this experience without even realizing it. And then along the way, I had an experience, which I'll, I'll tell the whole story on uh, Saturday, and I shared it with my husband. And I said, John, I don't know if this is his God. Would you pray for me? And he did. And I shared it with John, and, or with Father, and he believes it's authentic. But I'm married to a real German so he prayed, when he prays for me, he prays. And one day, <laughs> and he said, Carol, God told me you to start now. Whew. You know, I just kind of took my breath away, and I didn't do anything right away. A couple weeks later, he comes back, and he said, no. He said, Carol, God wants you to start and start now. He said, I want you to pick a date, make a flyer, and I'm going to hand it out. So, he's a German, and you don't say no to a German. <laughs> um, so, it was it really his confidence. So, I picked the date, September 11th, 2001, and called it Intimacy with God. And I and John handed out, he passed out the flyers, went out through the Internet, and that morning, and I offered it for both, uh, in the morning and in the evening for women who work. Because I have such a heart for the woman. Our need for God is, oh, it's over, you know, it's, there, there's not a word in the, in the English language to really express our need for God. So it's always humbling to have people come in our home. So that morning, the phone rang off the hook as the towers were going down. Where are you? Where are you? You know, over 30 women that morning and over 30 again that evening. And I got on my knees and I said, oh, my God, I don't know what you're doing. And here we are, 2019, and there are over 3,000 men and women around the country wow. in the Philippines, Europe, trained to facilitate. That's fantastic. And, oh, to, to pray? You know what? I look at myself like a piece of toast without God. Dry toast. <laughs> but you That's... know what? Prayer, prayer is Prayer is that butter. It goes on top and melts in and makes that toast so sweet. <laughs> when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more then about what Ignatius Prayer really is all about, because you've described how you can think of it, but we haven't actually described it itself. So that's the challenge for us when we come back. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Carol Weiler and Father Martin Gleason, and we're talking about a three-part Ignatian prayer service that's coming up for men and women here at the Diocese of Orange on uh, Saturday, March 2nd, and we'll be right back. Academic rigor and excellence are at the heart of private Catholic education. In 2016, eight Diocese of Orange schools were awarded the highest U.S. Department of Education distinction through the No Child Left Behind Act Blue Ribbon School Program. The program honors public and private K-12 schools that are academically superior in their states or demonstrate dramatic gains in student achievement. Learn more. Visit OCCatholicSchoolsWeek.com. 
showing for one night only at a theater near you. A story about the devastating consequences of the sexual revolution and one father's quest for answers. Have you seen the videos and Instagram posts and ads that young women are fed these days? It's craziness. From writer-director Don Johnson, a new documentary that uncovers the truth about how we got here. The gist of Cosmo was hard work and sex without the kids will set you free. Unprotected, featuring stories and insight from some of today's most articulate Catholic thinkers, including Christopher West and Jennifer Fulweiler. Tickets available now at unprotectedmovie.com. Join us for Catholic Night at Honda Center on Friday evening, March 22nd, as we watch the Ducks take on the San Jose Sharks at 7 p.m. Your game ticket will include access to the Catholic Trinity Hockey League skills competition following the Ducks game. The first 1,000 tickets purchased through our special offer will include a limited edition Anaheim Ducks Catholic Night hat. To purchase tickets starting at only $29, visit AnaheimDucks.com slash Catholic Night. That's AnaheimDucks.com forward slash Catholic Night. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Carol Weiler, who is the director of the series Lord Teach Me to Pray, and Father Martin Gleason, who's a Dominican, but is the spiritual advisor to this Ignatian prayer series. And we were talking about uh, how this is coming to the diocese in order to train people to go out and begin these praying communities. But before we get into a little more on on the day itself and how people can take advantage of that, and I do want to make sure we revisit that again so everyone has the information they need, I want to ask a, a couple of questions about prayer itself. A, a lot of people, I think, when they think of prayer, they know that there's different forms of prayer, but I think most of the time it comes across to most of us as a telephone call to God. Here's what I need, Lord. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I need this, I need this, please save me from this, don't let this happen, thank you for this and that, amen. And it becomes kind of the, the a vehicle of a unilateral, one-direction, unidirectional conversation. And yet, our Catholic spiritual experience is one that says, no, prayer is so much more than that. It's not just about making a telephone call to God. So... Tell me a little bit about how this series, this training session, how this is going to introduce people to spirituality of prayer. Most people would probably say they pray. 99.9% of the world, people of the world pray. But 99.9% say, I never hear God. I've never heard God. And actually, maybe if, if you really... Practice Ignatian prayer throughout your life. You will come to realize that God is a magpie. He talks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible. And we're, we're not hearing God because we're too busy talking. And Ignatian prayer has one requirement. Openness to God. It's just generosity. All we need to do, from what I've seen, the whole person becomes prayer, a lifetime of prayer. So it's very thrilling to think that the great supreme transcendent being, the 
Almighty wants a relationship with you and you and you and you. It's incredible. It's real. It's authentic. And it's the most joy-giving gift from God imaginable. And he has a name. Jesus. And, Rick, you know, at the training in the morning, at the later part of the morning, I'll be presenting a sort of a theological uh, underpinning of the uh, Ignatian way of prayer. And I think it's important to realize that Ignatius starts us off with a reminder of the whole reason that we exist. And he tells us, you know, that, you know, we were created to essentially to know, love, and serve God, to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and thereby save our soul. Gee, I thought that and came from the Baltimore Catechism, but okay. It is. Well, the Jesuit, yeah, Jesuit, Peter Canasius, St. Peter Canasius was the, the biggest influencer in the, in the uh, Catechism, the very first one, and of course, that's wow. what we find Baltimore Catechism. Isn't that amazing? That yeah. is amazing. And so the idea is we talk about this as a journey, right? And as we move on this journey through prayer, okay, the, the idea would be that we're coming into a relationship with God, a relationship. So it would be like all these other ways of prayer are wonderful, you know, but it's, it's, it makes much more sense to petition God for something when we know God. You see what I mean? So, so this, this whole way of prayer is about the relationship. In a kind of in a nutshell, we would say that what the Holy Spirit does within us when we're praying. Now, now remember what will be happening here is we're praying with the scriptures or in the second part with exercises as well. But let's just say we're praying with the living word of God. The Holy Spirit is moving us into these encounters with the Lord in our prayer. And what begins to happen is what begins to sort of surface a little bit are the what are the obstacles there that are between me and God? What, what, what is in between me and God? What is stopping me from going deeper into this relationship with God? And so this is really where the prayer takes us. And it's hard to talk about because you, you really do have to experience this, as Carol was saying. But in this process, as we encounter these obstacles, it's not always the most pleasant thing to have happen, but we encounter the obstacles. And as we wrestle with this and open ourselves, as Carol said, very generously to God, God then can come in. God can heal us and forgive us and free us and liberate us. And so this journey of prayer really brings us this freedom in Christ. Remember, what does Jesus say? If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And this will move us to a place where we're able to actually now in this life more and more experience that abundant life that he promises us. And if this is happening, we end up being drawn right into the heart of God. You know, and ultimately, the idea is to really become, you know, to become one with God for all eternity. You know, Rick, if I might just add something. You know, the era of St. Ignatius in the early 15th century, it wasn't believed that a human, that an ordinary layperson like myself could know God. That this was reserved for the clerics the priest religious. And this is what God showed the church through St. Ignatius, this ordinary layman, that he wants to be known and loved. But we have to remember, too, a very important scripture from the book of John. And it says that no one has ever seen God. Only God the Son, ever at the Father's side, has revealed him. 
So this is where we must go to Jesus, to know God. A whole purpose is to come to know God. So when we're talking about prayer, we're, we're not talking about talking to God. We're talking about encountering God. Very good. Excellent. And listening. <laughs> listening. That's the, the hard thing in our culture today, to actually listen. But Think of how you encounter your mother or your wife or your children. This is possible because of the incarnated Son, God the Son. It's very exciting. So when you're looking at trying to encounter God in these in the Ignatian way, what would someone expect to to encounter? What would someone expect to find? How does this work? First of all, we have a preconceived idea of what a relationship would be with anyone. You know, just in my marriage marriage relationship, I did. We just had a young a son get married, and I was thinking about our first year of marriage. I thought that was the hardest year ever because we had to get beyond. I had to get beyond myself. I had to open myself to sharing my life with another human being. In other words, my life wasn't all about me. And this is the beginning of the relationship with God. To think, you know, that my life with God is not all about me. And this is this is a great struggle. And in, in the beginning, we'll have these preconceived ideas. And we might feel a little awkward. I mean, I'm going to sit in silence for 15 minutes. And actually, when I started this so many years ago, they gave us a timer. The nuns gave us a timer. And it would go tick, 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 tick. And 15 minutes was like, oh, 15 days, you know. So, uh, you know, we have to open ourselves. This is very important. And it's come to really want to desire to know another. Set aside our preconceived ideas. Yeah, it does not sound very fun to listen for 900 ticks as you're waiting for 15 minutes. Um, but, you know, it is, it is a, you know, when, when we talk about what, what do we expect, it really is all God's grace. Whatever happens, it's God. We show up, we're faithful to showing up, and God will... You know, God will do things. But Ignatius, when we say he's the how-to-pray saint, it, it really, and we provide this so that people can go home, that, that when they go home, they're going to be able to, and, and they start a little group the very first day. We have just a very simple little step-by-step protocol of how you actually get yourself into that place of prayer. Yeah. And if we just show up and we're faithful, God then, by the grace of God, he can do anything. You know, you hesitate even to say what can happen in prayer because you never want to limit what God can do. God will work with each person the way he wants to so that the person can actually enter into this relationship. And, and it's it. far different from anything like Lexia Vina. Far different. Because it is, has, the purpose is to know and love Jesus Christ. To know and love Jesus Christ. Is that possible for everyone? And well... God showed it is through St. Ignatius. He was not St. Ignatius. His name was Inigo de Lopez. And he was young. And he was, I call it a man of the millennium. <laughs> when you hear the story, <laughs> it's really a great story of conversion. But to come to encounter God in Christ Jesus, can you think of an, any greater experience in your life? Because it's transformative and it's lasting. Now tell me, do you know, owe anything that's going to last? <laughs> <laughs> this will last. Your soul. Yes, 
So if we're, well, we only have about another minute left in here, and I don't want to open up too big a can of worms. But I think when we come back, I, I still want to go even even deeper. I want to know more about how this takes place. So, for example, we have a number of movements within the church. We have the charismatic movement that's out there. It's, it's a, a spirit movement, uh, which has to do with a type of prayer. There are the Carmelites that are out there that work with uh, everyone from Teresa of Avila up through um, even Thomas Merton and, and how to go about the Carmelite way. How are we going to encounter God so that this way, this unique way, is something that's going to be uh, apprehendable by the average person by the time we leave? When we come back, that's kind of where I want to go, and then I want to make sure we get all the information out. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Carol Weiler and Father Martin Gleason, and they're going to be coming out from New Orleans, which is where they are now, which is why we, we have this telephone cutting in and out from time to time. They're going to be out here on Saturday, March 2nd, and they will start at 8.30 in the morning. We would like you to register. We'll tell you how to do that. If you don't register, you can still come in. 8.30 here at the Tower of Hope. And we'll take you up to the 13th floor to the chapel in the sky. It is absolutely beautiful in there. It's an encounter unto itself. And then they're going to take us through training on how to encounter God and to lead people into encountering God through the Ignatian spiritual style. When we come back, I want to get into a little bit more about how that is unique here and then how people can can get that information, what the numbers are, what the website is. And we will be right back. This is Deacon Steve Greco, and I'm radio host of the show Empowered by the Spirit. I've recently written a book, Expect and Experience Miracles, that is available on Amazon. And the reason we did that is because the Lord Jesus Christ wants to shower us with his love and shower us with his grace, which is unmerited favor. The definition of miracle is God's supernatural intervention in our lives. And Jesus does that all the time. Let's be open to it. Expect miracles and you will see the grace that God has in store for you. God bless you all. In L.A. County, there are more than 28,000 children in foster care. And sadly, every day more children enter the system. But their story doesn't have to end there. Maybe you've been thinking about starting or expanding your family. If so, there's a child in foster care waiting for you. A simple visit to fosterall.org can change the course of a child's life and yours. As a proud partner with the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, Foster All takes the guesswork out of navigating the foster-adopt process and will match you with a foster family agency that suits your needs. Each agency is different, so let Foster All be your guide. Log on to fosterall.org. There's a community of amazing people waiting to support your decision to love a child, and Foster All is right beside you the entire way. Do you have room in your heart and your home for a child? Begin your journey with Foster All today at fosterall.org. That's fosterall.org. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Carol Weiler and Father Martin Gleason, and we're talking about Lord Teach Me to Pray, which is a series that's coming out to train people 
to bring the spiritual Ignatian prayer style to their parishes. And we're going to have a session on Saturday, March 2nd, starting at 8.30 here at the Tower of Hope. And we're going to engage how to both learn this and to bring it back to our parishes. So a couple of things that come to mind that I want to make sure we get some housekeeping done. First piece of housekeeping that I want to make sure we've done. Thank you, both of you, very much for coming on and talking. If I don't say it now, I will forget about it. I want to make sure I've thanked you profusely for taking the time all the way out in New Orleans to come and make sure that we were able to get this information to our listening audience so they can take advantage of the second of Saturday. So thank you, Father, and thank you, Carol. I appreciate very much you coming on. Thank you very much. And then I want to make sure we're we're talking about uh, credentials, too. The, the Diocese of Orange is putting this on, which means we've already taken a look at it, but it's not just Bishop Van's office that's taken a look at this material. You also have gone through the office of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, this is uh, quite a uh, credential. We had the entire series uh, we submitted to the publishing office of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And uh, before giving us uh, their stamp of approval, this is the entire conference now, to get a, giving the stamp of approval, it had to be reviewed by their subcommittee on the catechism where they review each page of the three uh, binders that we have, the three parts, and uh, to make sure everything's in line with the magisterium of the church. And so if any pastors are listening, any bishops are listening, it's really uh, it's a good thing for you to know that uh, you know, everyone wants to know what's coming into our parish. So this is a fully approved series. And, of course, it's Ignatian Prayer, 500-year-old. So. Okay. And then we have a number of different movements that are out there, both Protestant and Catholic. Within the Catholic Church, we've got different prayer traditions that have been out there. Some of the older ones, like the, well, Ignatian is, of course, old, but also the Carmelite way of going about engaging prayer. We have the newer charismatic renewal that's in here. How is this similar to those, and how is this different? Well, Ignatian prayer requires of us that we acknowledge I am the creature and God is God. It's not anything that I can accomplish. It's all about what God graces me with. So there's no situation of I need to study, I need to accomplish, what I need to do is fall on my face and cry out to God for mercy and to be filled with his love. That's my stance as the creature. And then he raises me up and he fills me with his life and his love, with his heart, his mind, his desires, everything. And the only way I can explain it. And one of the things I would say, you know, there's a lot of um, there's spiritualities out there that would be, they would tell you you want to empty your mind as you go into contemplation. And, well, it's a, that's a little bit um, crazy to me because I, I don't want to offend anybody. It's a little crazy to me because, <laughs> because what we have the living Word of God to fill our minds with. And so this is the way Ignatian spirituality is all about. His definition of contemplation is a gospel scene with Jesus in it, and we go into it through our what we call our memory imagination, and we enter into this prayer. 
And what are we doing? We're filling our mind with the Word of God. We're not emptying it. We're filling our mind and our heart and our soul with the Word of God. And we're allowing then the Holy Spirit to work within us and move us into these really beautiful encounters. Of course, it's all by the grace of God. Whatever happens, it's up to God. But this is a real thing. I mean, we're literally taking this word that is alive, we're bringing it in, and we're letting the Lord do whatever he will with this as he gets us on this transformative journey. As we come to know the Lord, you know, we can become transformed. This this is our call, right? Not only to know him and to love him, but to serve him and spend eternal life with him. This is a conforming ourselves to Christ. And I'd like to say this, Rick. There are many programs out there about self-help or seeking God's power. This is not anything like this. This is seeking God. Okay. Seeking God. <laughs> so let me let me go um, for f- some of the practical things. We've only got a couple of minutes left in our hour, believe it or not. Uh, if people wow. want to find out more information before we get to March 2nd, where should they call or where should they go on their computer? Well, if, if they have a computer and they get on the Internet, go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. LordTeachMeToPray.com. Click on Training Retreats. And then you just scroll down and find Garden Grove, and there will be a flyer there. And if there's if there's time, uh, they can actually fill that out and mail it. But if not, all they have to do is call and let us know they're going to be there. And I'll give you that phone number. And, just, and truthfully, if you forget to call and you wake up Saturday and you want to come, just come. There will be room. We'll make room. No problem. But the phone number is 504 504- Four three nine five nine three three. That number again was what? Five zero four four three nine five nine three three. Perfect. So, for people who are going to go to Lord Teach Me to Pray, and it's all one word after the www, they can find the information by scrolling down a couple of pages there. Otherwise, just show up the the day of. Absolutely. I had a question from from somebody who had asked me about whether this is something that would be good for high school students or for college students, for young people. Do you have younger people coming into these? Oh, Rick, yes. You know, we had some uh, missionaries from one of the universities, from the Newman Center. They may have been focused. Yes. And, and, and I would say later in high school. You know, the Jesuit high schools used to offer the spiritual exercises in the high schools, and I don't think they're doing that right now. But, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we have them in several universities. Uh, the, the kids are thirsty for, for the, this relationship, just like everyone. And I want to say, Rick, too, you know, don't think, oh, I need to have this credential. I need to, have, I need to be educated. We have facilitators with third grade education. We have blind facilitators. We have physicians. We have physicians. And lawyers. We have uh, lawyers. We have uh, trained other uh, ministers in the faith mm-hmm. to use Lord Teach Me to Pray. You even have a wife and mother, and you have a priest. <laughs> the whole, the whole gamut could do it. We, we are just about out of time. Uh, again, I want to say thank you for, for coming in. Father, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to please offer a word of prayer, but also a blessing for our listening audience. Okay. Oh, holy and merciful 
Oh God, we give you great thanks for this time together. We ask you, Holy Spirit, now to go out and to touch each listener here and to bring them in because we know that you would like everyone, everyone to come to know and love the Lord Jesus. I give you great thanks for the uh, ministry, this evangelizing ministry of Catholic Radio, Lord. Please keep this going and especially bless the Orange County Catholic Radio in their great ministry. So I ask you now, Father, for a great blessing upon all who are listening, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, for people who would like to find out more information on this, it's www.lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray, all one word, dot com. And they can find out more information. Otherwise, they can just show up on Saturday, the 2nd of March at 830 here at the Tower of Hope with the great big cross on top. And we'll take you up to the 13th floor where we have our mass and we'll begin our day. Father and Mrs. Weiler, I want to thank you again for being on with me. You have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and if you would like more information on this, you can also go to our website at occatholic.com, and you can scroll down and uh, either listen to this broadcast again on podcast, or you can share it with someone else. Thank you very much, everyone. I'm Rick Howick, and we'll see you again next week. If you have never experienced the beauty of the Sistine Chapel, now is your opportunity. From April 13th through the end of the year, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel Masterpiece will be on exhibition in the Cultural Center on Christ Cathedral Campus, brought to life using a special photographic technique that reproduces the look and feel of the original paintings. You will be given a chance to engage with the artwork in ways that were never before possible. For the first time ever, you can explore the artwork at your own pace and admire the art from a distance that is physically impossible to achieve in the actual Sistine Chapel. This is an extraordinary opportunity to gain a new perspective on some of the most famous artwork in history. It also provides an incredible chance for inspiration as well as reflection on the purpose and meaning of the work. For more information about this unique exhibit and to purchase your tickets, visit SistineExhibit.com. Student and group ticket pricing is available. Visit SistineExhibit.com. That's SistineExhibit.com. And awaken your curiosity to the innovative and unique interpretation of Michelangelo's timeless masterpiece. This is Deacon Steve Greco on Empowered by the Spirit, and we have a very special message and a very exciting event coming up. A Divine Mercy Conference, Saturday, April 13th from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at Santiago de Capistela Parish Hall, located at 21682 Lake Forest Drive in Lake Forest, California. This event is going to be transformative. I will be speaking along with Father Ed Broom, Father Jacob, Kathleen Beckman, Donna Lee, Annette Hills. It'll be an absolutely amazing event to teach us more about how much God loves us through his mercy. For more information, contact Katie at spiritfulhearts.org. That's K-A-T-I-E at spiritfulhearts.org. 
or call at 949-514-5028. God bless you all. 